A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 168 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Hello, hello, hello. And today I'm going to be talking to you, um, this is Kelvin Newman, I didn't introduce myself there. And, and today I'm with White. Kelvin Newman. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Kelvin <laughs> Newman and Andy White, I'm just straight into the zone, straight into the info. He's so enthusiastic, you know, you, you just can get the staff these days. Yeah, yeah. So today I'm going to be talking about, well, I'm going to be giving you a bit of an insight to a presentation I gave um, fairly recently at Internet World in London. Um, and I was doing a talk there for the IDMs, that's the Institute of Direct and Digital Marketing, and they were very lovely to invite me along to one of their academy sessions at Internet World. Now, in that session, I was talking about Google Analytics and kind of some actionable insights that you can get from Google Analytics. So um, I'd start by setting the scene a little bit. Um, there's a huge, the, the world of, the world's information is doubling every two years. Um, so every two years, there's as much information as there was in the whole world previously beforehand. Mm. So that's from a, a stat that's kind of unmashable. But the, the challenge that that, the situation that presents is, very rarely now is the challenge that we face, do I have the data? It's what do I do with all the data that I've got? I mean, there's over 10 million websites in the world now that have Google Analytics installed. Um, Google Analytics can, you know, we've never really known more about how our website performs than we know now. Google Analytics tells us all kinds of information Um all kinds of data about our website, about the people who visit it, about where they come from, about what they do. But the problem is that that data doesn't necessarily help us in the process of doing our business, right? It doesn't help, mm. you know, it's like, okay, I know that I got 1,700 visits from this keyword. That's just data, that's not insight. So Yeah, it's the interpretation of the data. The interpretation yeah. of that data. So what I wanted to do is kind of take you through five particular strategic questions that Google Analytics can help you answer um, to kind of illustrate some of the kind of insights. So these might be questions that you're facing and hopefully I can show you how to answer those questions internally. But if these aren't questions that you're facing, what it will do is perhaps kind of give you a sense of some of the ways that you can get insight rather than data from Google Analytics. Now, inevitably when you're trying to explain how to use a software solution that talking about it perhaps isn't necessarily the the best way of kind of communicating that information that's one of the the downsides to a podcast but what i will do is i'll embed the slide share from the original presentation that's got lots of screenshots with it um when we do the show notes 
but additionally as well as that um what i think we're probably going to be um showing some we're going to be uploading some screencast videos to show you exactly how to do this but what i wanted to do is kind of set the scene and some of you will remember exactly how to do this so the the first question is what pages do i need to improve on my site and why okay so how do you find out how do you answer this question about what pages of your site you need to improve well using the we're going to look at what keywords are sending you traffic we're then going to kind of look at what pages of your site that traffic ends up on and then what percentage of that traffic that ends up on those pages bounces. Um, you could look at conversion rate if you've got conversion rate set up, but everyone will have the bounce rate data already there. Now, bounce rate, if you've not heard that term before, that's where someone visits one page of your site then leaves. Now, there will be some examples where that's not a bad thing. Let's just say you run an affiliate website and you just want to get someone to end up on the merchant site that you're referring to. Then visiting one page of your site isn't a bad thing. You might be a directory and you want people to get click through. You mm. might be a, an advertising, you might rely on advertising that's on a pay-per-click basis so you want people to click through on the adverts. So there are some exceptions, but on most websites, a person can't do what you want them to do by only visiting one page of your site. So we'll be looking at that. So how do you go about finding that? Well, if you're using the new Google Analytics interface, which we all will be doing because I've switched off the old one, um, here's how you go about doing it. So on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a menu option called Traffic Sources. If you click on that, that'll then open up a drop-down box. Now, with the new Google Analytics, they use these kind of triangles where um, they're horizontal, and if you click them, they go vertical, and there's a drop-down. You've disclosure probably seen triangles. It, yeah, disclosure yeah. triangles. Yeah. So if you click on the Sources one there, that will then give you a bunch of options. So that be all traffic, direct, referrals, search campaigns. Well, we're going to choose search, which opens up another little menu there from that, which has overview, organic, and paid. And we're going to click on organic. So then we have a report that shows us what organic keywords are sending traffic to our site. Probably a very standard report for you in Google Analytics if you're at all interested in SEO to look at that. That's already quite interesting. So in an example, I might know that best road bikes under £500 sent me... I don't know, a thousand visits, you know, to my website. I know that, quite interesting. But what I'm interested in more is which pages of the site did that land on. So along the main screen that you'll have in Google Analytics there, there's a box that says secondary dimension. If you click on that secondary dimension box, it opens up a search window and that allows you to add sort of two bits of data at the same point in time. Now, if you go in that search box and type in landing page and click on the landing page button, it will then show you what your top organic keywords were and what page of your site they visited, right? So to go back to my um, you know report that I've got there, my top two keywords in this example screenshot that I took um, for my website, the first one was best road bikes under £500 and it took you to a page was where the URL was what's the best road bike for under £500, right? That had a bounce rate of 35%, you know, pretty good 35% you know not too bad a bounce rate for a website maybe a little bit lower would be nicer but that's nothing mm. exceptional really but my second most popular keyword um, on this particular example website is spinning class um, and that takes you to a page first time spinning class tips and the bounce rate for that page is 95% which is crazy right it's my second most popular keyword well it's the keyword this page of the site has the second most you know amount of visits to it on any mm. one keyword it's got a 95% bounce rate that means out of every 100 people that visit my website 95 of them don't look at another page of that website and actually if i look at the average visit duration on this particular example is 9 seconds right so there's something wrong with that page 
But the search engines don't think so, right? Because it's ranking, it's getting traffic. The mm. search engines mm. clearly think this is a good page. So for the that search, search engines are pushing traffic there, but yeah. when people go there, when the humans go there, they're not hanging yeah. around. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what I need to do is then look at that page as, as if I had come from a search engine on that search query and try and understand what's wrong. So in this particular example, it's done well on the search engines because it's an informational advice piece. But actually what people are looking for when they make that query, spin class, spinning classes, they're looking for a list of spinning classes or a search functionality to find their nearest spinning classes. And that page isn't fulfilling it. So to re- to satisfy those customers, I need to um, change the content of that page accordingly. Now, it's a fine balancing act because I don't want to change it so much the search engines don't like mm. it, but that traffic isn't doing anything for me at the moment. It's bouncing, it's leaving, it's getting a bad impression of my site. So actually, I ought to be making some changes there. So that's kind of a really useful report you can run look at your organic keywords, put in the secondary dimension of what page it is, then look for exceptionally high bounce rates. Look at those pages as if you would come from that search term and then try and understand how you can tweak that page to better reflect that search term. So, so would you say that a bounce rate is a pretty good indicator of uh, human satisfaction of a page? Um, I think it's you know it's not perfect. Um, you could look at conversion rates because there might be a difference. You might have a 95% bounce rate, but the 5% that didn't convert, so that had a 5% conversion rate compared to another page that has a 50% bounce rate and a 2% conversion rate, then actually... You know, it wouldn't be so bad if that's yeah. kind of your all you do. You, a bounce could be good if you're kind of getting rid of people who were never going to convert. Um, but and also, uh, just to clarify, a, a bounce technically is that where someone is on a page, and rather than clicking a link on that page, they simply either close the browser or just put another address up, press in the, the back bar. button, or go off right. site. Off yes. site's another. You know, so hence why kind of yeah. sometimes it ca- can be not a bad thing if you mm. wanted them to go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, but not via one of your links. Not via one of your links. Yes, yeah. so they've not yeah. stayed on your site. Mm-hmm. And the very few, there's very few sites where um, you know you only want them to view one page and then disappear. Mm-hmm. It, you know, a contact page might not be a bad thing to have a high bounce rate. Uh, you know, a map page might not be too bad either. But yeah, you know, it, it's worth having a look at. So my second question that Google Analytics can answer for you is: which mobile devices is your site broken on? We've all been on websites where you've tried, you've been out, you forgot to print out the location of where your hotel is, where you're mm. staying, and you then try and find the hotel website, and you get on it, and it just doesn't work on your mobile phone. It's dead simple to find. So we're going to look at what individual mobile devices are sending traffic, and again, look at the bounce rate. It's a similar kind of process. So if you go to the menus, you go to audience, that'll be on the left-hand side, one of the main sections of Google Analytics, then select the mobile then select devices. So that report's going to show me what my most, the most popular mobile devices are sending traffic to my site and then how they perform. So in this particular example, I can see Apple iPhone, top mobile device. Got a bounce rate of 66%, probably a bit high, but relative to the other mobile devices, not that high. Um, but within these devices, so the um, seventh most popular mobile device to be my site is the Sony um, LT151 Xperia Arc. So we had 77 visits in this particular example on that mobile device and the bounce rate is 72 percent so there's something about people on that they're bouncing higher not a lot than the iphone but they are higher so what i then want to do is then try and understand okay what is it about this device that isn't working well on my website now interestingly other that's that's an android mobile phone um other android mobile phones like the htc desire has a lower bounce rate or the HTC Incredible. That, that's got the lowest bounce rate of any of my top 10 devices. So it's not an Android versus iPhone thing, but there's clearly something about your device, your website that doesn't work with that device. Mm. And 
you know, looking at a report like that, looking at what those bounce rates are can help you troubleshoot potentially where you've got some display issues there as well. So that's well worth looking at to see if there's any exceptions. But from this example I've got on the screen and you'll see on the slides if you kind of go to the website is all of them have got high bounce rates. So what that's telling me is I need a mobile website, you know, or I need a responsive web design that is more supportive of mobile yeah. devices. So people are just bringing up the website on a mobile device going, oh, I can't read this. Yeah, it's and then pretty, disappearing. Yeah, disappearing. Another question that you can get from Google Analytics is which city should you be targeting with offline ads, right? So, you know, a lot of us will still, you know, are doing some type of offline marketing as well, but it's hard to find all of the budget to kind of take a blanket nationwide approach. Maybe you'd be better doing some kind of local stuff. So we're going to look at what traffic comes from what city, which then potentially would help us better target our offline advertising if we're doing radio, if we're doing local press, if we're doing outdoor. So, again... Dive into the audience section, then into demographic, then into location. And that, by default, will take you to a report that's based on the different international countries, right? So where mm. around the world. And the darker the color green on the map, the more people you're getting. So a very dark color green will be where you're getting most of your traffic from. A very light color means that you're getting next to no traffic from. Now, that's useful. It's interesting to know which countries people are coming from. But it doesn't help me with this kind of city-by-city basis. So... There's an area of the screen that where you select your primary dimension. We've talked about secondary dimensions. On some of the screens in analytics, you can choose the primary dimension. So we want to switch from country slash territory, which is what we had, to city. It's a simple click of the button, and then it will show you the cities rather than the, the kind of countries. Now, disclaimer here, um, the, that's based on kind of IP addresses, and that isn't perfect. So, for example, our Brighton office sometimes appears in Google Analytics as being in Red Hill, which is a town like 20 miles away from here. Um, so it's not perfect, but kind of in aggregate. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking at over a six-month period on your website... <laughs> Um, and the average user, it'll give you a rough idea of where they are. And that aggregate data can be more reliable because it kind of looks at the average, as it were. So um, there's also kind of, with all of the reports in Google Analytics, you can choose whether you want a table, a pie chart, some various bar charts. There's a, When I do this report, I like to click at the bar chart because it helps me see what proportion of traffic is there. Um, 
So I do that. And then in this particular example that I've got on the slides, but, you know, not an unusual one, um, is there's four main cities that come up there. London, Brighton, Manchester, Leeds. That's actually the Brighton, uh, the, sorry, the site visibility website. There are four most popular cities that our traffic comes from. So I know if I'm going to be doing some offline advertising now, they're probably the four places that I'd want to experiment. Now, mm. it can become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you might want to market yourself where you're not getting traffic. Instead, the way I try to look at it is my current website visitors are kind of a good you know, f- sample group of my ideal customer. Um, and I also kind of try to, you know, build up where I'm already doing well rather than starting somewhere else. So that, you know, instantly that's given me four locations. If I'm doing some offline marketing, I'm doing some telemarketing that I can concentrate on as well. But interestingly, in this kind of report that I've run here, that there's two international cities in there. So there's Sydney and New Delhi. Now, what that then suggests to me, and we've we've had a couple of clients do this, where they kind of looked at reports like this, noticed a trend for some international traffic that's coming towards them, and you know, kind of opened international branches or changed the content of their site to better target that audience. So we clearly, for various reasons, and I think it's probably the podcast actually. Sydney is one of our most popular cities, you know, more popular than Leeds. So more people come to the uh, the site visibility website from Sydney than from Leeds. Isn't that interesting? Which, yeah, and I mean, mm. that's definitely going to have an impact on business strategy, that kind of insight, isn't it? So, um, you know, that's one thing you can find out there as well. Another common question, we've, we've had this as kind of question on the Q&A a few times, is should I build an app for Android? Should I build an app for iPhone? Should I build it for both? Which order should I do it in? Should I do one for BlackBerry? Should I do one for Windows Mobile? Should I do one for the Kindle Fire? Um well, you can look at what operating system um, your visitors are using to help you make kind of decisions about that based on data rather than just kind of a gut feel about what should be the best operating system to use for. So again, you go into audience on the left-hand side, select technology, then the option that says browser and OS. So although it says browser and OS, the first screen it takes you through is to the browser. So you can see if they're using Firefox, Internet Explorer. That can be quite helpful to see if you've got a, is Internet Explorer 6 bouncing a lot? Therefore, you need to make your website work better in that browser. But what I'm interested in is operating system. So that's, again, a primary dimension. So I switch from browser to operating system in the, uh, the primary dimension. And that kind of rolls up like all Android devices. It doesn't for Apple, which is a pain. So it keeps separate iPhone, iPad, mm, iPod. Okay. But it does for Android and Windows Mobile. So now, again, on an example here, I've got 73% of the traffic is on Windows, 18% on Mac, 2.87% on iPhone, Linux, iPad, Android, so on. So in this particular example, 5% of our traffic comes from iOS, so um, Apple mobile devices, compared to 1% for Android. So five times as much traffic Mm. comes on iOS than Android. Well, that's sending me a real clear message that of the two, iOS is far more important. In fact, actually, an order of magnitude more important as well. Now, instinctively, you might think, oh, Apple will always win. I always do the iPhone first. That's not always the case. So we've done these types of reports for clients and found that Android is as popular and in some cases more popular than iOS. It just depends on your audience. I suppose you can boil down some factors that might decide that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's sometimes a danger that like... um, like I fall into this trap a bit that you kind of think your customers are like you. So say, for example, in our office, there's a lot of iPhone users, mm. right? Um, and that doesn't mean that everyone is a lot, there is a lot of iPhone users. There are, but we're perhaps not the most representative sample, if you know what I mean. We're kind of digital 
workers who are kind of interested in the internet, we're perhaps more more likely to have an iPhone than I don't know uh, another group or community. So don't just kind of assume because you're you represent and you use an iPhone that 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 means definitely everyone else was. It doesn't necessarily mean that. So have a look. Um, if you're before you go and make spend any money on these t- basically i think i suppose the message i'm trying to get across is before you make any marketing investment have a look in google analytics because it'll either make you less likely to make a mistake um or give you an opportunity to get a particular angle that will mean it'll be more successful than it otherwise would be i've got my final question um what blog post should i write next um we all know that good regular produced content it's good for users it's good for social media it's good for search engines but what do you got to write about you know if you're writing a, a two articles a week every week you've been doing it for the last three years you're probably completely stuck for ideas for what you should be writing about so what we're going to do here is we're going to look at questions that are currently sending traffic to your site so someone who types in a question into google and i like question search queries because that's a great title it really directs you what you ought to be writing about because it's answering a question um so we want to look at those questions which are sending traffic to us, but the, the page doesn't answer that question, right? So it's kind of, for some reason, a page you've written is answering, is appearing on a search result despite not really answering that question. Um, and they're kind of like, I hate the jargon, but it's kind of their low-hanging fruit, right? So if you can already rank for those phrases and get some traffic from it, despite having content that isn't explicitly targeted at that search phrase, you're in a pretty strong position there to write something that is specifically targeted at that search phrase yes. and then rank really well for it. To put something interesting in front of the people that were going somewhere expecting to find something interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you know, clearly the search engines think that you're relevant for that query. So this time you go into traffic sources... Then into search, like we did it for the first example. Then into organic. So that'll show us all our keywords that we've got there. We then want to select a secondary dimension again. So it allows us to look at two metrics at the same time. Um, again, we put landing page in. So that's essentially the same report as we did, you know, did previously for the first one to look at high bounce rate. Um, but then we want to filter that list. Right, so when we did it the first time, the very first report we were doing, we didn't filter it. We just looked at the ones that had the most traffic and then high bounce rate. Mm. Instead, there's a little search box there that allows you to search within that. So we're going to go into that search box and we're going to put in some questioning words, right? Like how, mm. when, why, who, all that, all those, you know, the usual sort of um, usually begin with W, right? So we're going to put those in. So in this example, I search for how, right? How. Mm-hmm. So I'm now looking for. Keywords, key phrases that sent traffic that contain the word how and then what page of the site they ended up. So I've got those three bits of information. I know they used a question. I know exactly what query they used and I know what page of my site they ended up on. Now, I did this and the first example was how to get more get .gov links. That is for a page that ties how to get .gov links, right? That's answering that question. The second one is how to monitor Yahoo Answers and that's a how-to on how to monitor Yahoo Answers. No opportunity there. But if I keep playing through those, eventually I'll get to one, number seven, so kind of, you know, a decent sort of volume of traffic, where the search query was how to build a microsite. Okay, that sounds like a good question. What page of my site are they visiting? Well, they're visiting, before building a microsite, ask yourself these 10 SEO questions. Now, that article doesn't tell you how to build a microsite. It just tells you if you should or shouldn't. Mm. Now, the people who are searching for that have decided, they've made that decision. Perhaps my article might put them off or encourage them to do it more, but it certainly doesn't tell them how to do that. Um, So what I want to do is then say, okay, well, clearly this is a piece of content that there is demand for. Can I write something compelling around this topic? Yes, I can. Okay, I'll write that. 
that's the potential for that to do really well. Extra brownie points now. So you've written this article, you've published it live. You go back to that original post, so the one here about the 10 questions to ask yourself, then put a link from that to the new article, right? So that tells the search engines, hey, look, we've done this. And for anyone who has gone through, if your new page doesn't rank for how to build a microsite, the old one still does, Mm. someone lands on your site, one more click, they're in the right page. So, um, you know, that's kind of just a really good way of coming up with ideas so five different ways there you can look at what pages of your site you need to improve you can look at what mobile devices your phone is broken on you can look at um, what operating system you ought to be building apps for you can look at um, what questions you need to ask yourself and there's another one there that i've completely forgot as well but essentially what i'm trying to get at oh cities which cities to target your location is it yeah so they're kind of like five i think strategic questions that you might be making a decision at the moment on gut feel. Whereas what you can do is go to Google Analytics, run a couple of reports, and you can use some data to influence those decisions. And now that you've got that data, you hope, because it's based on some research, you're able to make better decisions than you otherwise would have done. Well, Mr. Newman, as always, fantastic information. It really just shows you how powerful data can be. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's it. And I think that, that Google Analytics has the ability to answer most business questions that you would have is just knowing about how to go about doing it. And you almost certainly can answer those questions. So hopefully these questions have given some examples and hopefully help people answer those questions that they've got them. But there will be all kinds of different questions that the data there can give you an answer to get some insight to make a positive business decision rather than just produce a report. Fantastic. And just before we go, Kelvin, is it worth reminding our listeners uh, that they can still get hold of the what used to be the premium content? Is that still the case? Yeah, the, yeah the, so if people join our LinkedIn group, um, there is access to the videos that used to be within the premium podcast. That's free. So if you join the Site Visibility, uh, go on LinkedIn, search for Site Visibility group, um, join that group. You get an email sent through with the links to go and watch those videos. Admittedly, some of those old videos, all the Google Analytics ones are for the old interface. But mm-hmm. what I am doing for these particular questions, I'm going to produce um, little pod- podcast videos, so screencasts of exactly how to do these reports. So the, the slides and the show screenshots are already up when this you know show goes live. We'll include the slide share in that. We'll embed that in the show notes. But also, um, kind of over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be producing some screencasts that show this. So that just means it's, it's worth signing up for the um, the RSS feed at sitevisibility.co.uk forward slash blog. And also there's kind of a mailing list that's associated with those videos as well that you can sign up for that just means that you get them sent to you automatically. So we keep that separate from the main podcast because this is all about the audio. But we do produce quite a lot of kind of video content as well that goes up on the site visibility site that's well worth having a look at. We cater for all needs. Well, thank you very much, folks. And we'll see you very soon on the next episode of Internet Marketing. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number... If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. 
Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.